introing isn't that easy. Anyway, welcome to Coffee Think Girls podcast. Um, I'm your co-host Tyler Wyatt, and I'm Timothy Terry. And today we're going to be talking about is Little Nas X the Little Kim or the Nicki Minaj of hip hop? And I say that before everyone gets mad at me for the barbs coming at me. I'm no, you know, barbs will come. They will. I'm saying I'm going to put some history and some context in. Okay. Little Kim was someone who came up in the game for sure. She did. One of, one, of, one of the first. She's one of the first, and she really had the blueprint of like female rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, she was like the most popular with Biggie and things like that. Mm-hmm. And she did what she needed to do. And then she did. And then Nicki Minaj, after, she, after Little Kim ended up going to jail, Nicki Minaj was around during that time. She ended up. Nicki Minaj ended okay, up. Why does still in her name, though? Well, she, she did. It was just for a year. It was, for, it was a, it's because she wasn't a snitch, so she's also real. She's also real for that. But that is a whole nother story for another day. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but can we just put out there that we, we don't support imprisonment? We abolish prison. Yes, exactly. 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 Abolish prison. We cannot continue to continue Of course, but I, I'm just, I'm really just putting into context. Yeah, so we can um, understand. Yes, of course. So we yeah. understand the history. So Nikki was able to, um, use like use that time and she had like whatever she came up and Nikki's an amazing artist and she's done so many things and really has like uh I don't know diversified she's helped uh the new girls diversify like there's like Megan Thee Stallion and mm-hmm. Doja Cat there's, there's Flo Millie there's so Cash many Cave. great uh, Cash Cave is in the rapper right anyways uh, <laughs> she's more like a singer singer but anyway yeah that's true. That's true. Yeah. But like, but like, Nikki always was trying to sing. Nikki loved she to throw a quick vocal did. on there. She did. Anyway, she was. She, she was like, okay, y'all are sidetracking. This is a whole sidetrack. But she was like, y'all gonna hear me. This is a sidetrack of my. But you know that she's gonna be like, y'all gonna hear me. She said, "This is my album. This is my time. This is my studio money." And she and, talked to the producer. They're like, "Girl, you don't have to think." She's like, "Let me, let me get my vocals out." Okay. And okay, one of her like her her first like billboards was uh. Uh, what's it called? What's that song called? Um, your love. Yeah, it's your okay. love. Yeah, your love. She. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sing that for y'all. Yeah. Alrighty. But, but oh, I just want to clarify for the bars that I'm in no way saying that she can't sing and what she should not sing. I'm just saying that she was going to maximize the opportunity for her to be. Yes. And your love was. Your love was the bomb. That's I my. That, that was my song. Yo, they can never make me hate you. Alright. Okay. Anyway. No, that, that's pure emotion. Yeah. You. you <laughs> Yes, please, 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 please. Let me just say it. Anyways, back to the history lesson at all. Little, little, uh, Nicki Minaj was able to come up, great artist, and she was able to diversify everything. But we come and we sit here now and think about Lil Nas X mm-hmm. in the context because... Hip-hop also, has been a male-dominated yeah, field. Yeah, hip-hop has been a male-dominated field. A, a cis male, a cis heteronorm. Yeah. Normative male exactly. space, and it makes us come to the conclusion mm-hmm. of thinking: Is Lil Nas X like as iconic as he is? Mm-hmm. Because he's like kind of the first person that is able to like come out mm-hmm. and do and really show these acts of queerness on a main stage. And I applaud him for doing yes. that, and I think that is beautiful for him doing that. And I'm glad that he feels liberated to do that. I'm just saying, in the context of now. Mm-hmm. If we're going to like compare it to something, yeah. I feel like it's Lil Kim and Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. Like, 
It's, 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 it's in the next identity yes. frontier of yes. hip-hop. Exactly. exactly. Right? So, Diversification. Exactly. Everything, yeah. So is he as great? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, not say, I'm not knocking him or anything of his performance or things like that. I'm just saying, it's, is this all we have right now? So is this... I don't, is he in his own lane? That is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. And when I say uh, that's what that's what we're trying to come to the mm-hmm. conclusion. Is Lil Nas X in his own like lane? Because like, we have he to doesn't be... have anybody that's like similar to that structure. But of that's that, but that's what I that think artist, is you know the I mean? thing that we need to get into mm-hmm. is because there are queer black rappers exactly there that is. are that have existed for some mm-hmm. time from uh, for a long for time. a long time. But they've not gotten nearly as much credit. Not and I think that it's important. Notoriety at, at all though, yes. really think about it. Like, and even, are they even, touring like that? Yes, no. or just queer, just like the impact of queerness in hip hop in exactly. terms of like um, voguing and like the whole underbelly of what the 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 whole um, um, ballroom ex- signifies mm-hmm. for for the community. But I think that it's important to think about um, uh, the fact that he kind of emerged, but he emerged not as this person that we see now. He came in as exactly. this unknown kind of like black guy who's in country singing this country song. No one was really giving it time, and then Billy Ray hopped on it to like really give that validation, and it took uh, off. I don't know about that. Well, I mean, I okay, was, let me contextualize that because I'm not trying really... to give Billy Ray. No, let let me finish before you begin. Okay. Thank you, because I'm not trying to say Billy Ray yeah. confirms him. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that country like country music as an industry exactly. was not supporting him exactly yeah until really yeah, yeah. it was yeah, yes yeah so let's he clarify because the public was yeah. interested just by by virtue of the fact that it was so different mm-hmm, exactly. and it was someone who was doing something different yeah and he's supposed to be a rapper and he's exactly and he's black in exactly. country like doing this kind of narrative in this play that is that is really kind of not oftentimes associated with folks like that. exactly so I, especially because country is like the least diversified of like with yeah. artists, of yeah. Like, there's almost no non-white people. Exactly. So I think that that's important. But when we're thinking about kind of the theory of why, I just want to also put that out there. Shout out to Little Nas X for really just coming in there, and snatching country. Yes, he did. He did. He loved that. As did Beyonce when she performed. Yes, Beyonce. Daddy Legends on the series. Do you mad? Like the features are really well. Anyways, we're getting off. Exactly. Except the Oscar shout out to Matthew McConaughey because Matthew McConaughey was this the, the clip that's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He was jamming him and his wife. They were jamming to Beyonce. Everyone else looked really upset. Garth Brooks looked like he did not know Tim McGraw was shaking. But anyways, the point of what I'm trying to get into about this is really kind of like what is the theory behind his choice to do that in terms of to really kind of come in not as a Trojan horse but not really revealing exactly who he is and then deciding to kind of like slowly unveil this very subversive for some reason still um, aspect of his music which is his identity and the ways in which he wants to visualize it and I think that this like brings up for me is like dramaturgical analysis it's really hard to say which is um, dramaturgy is like the study of theater Um, and the analysis is by a um, this this man Goffman who taught at Penn and basically was trying it's called the, the presentation of self in everyday life And it really talks about how we are constantly mediating multiple different masks of who we are to really kind of like come into conversations um, in ways in which kind of like protect us, but also allow us to like distance ourselves as much from who we actually are. Um, And there's this really famous Gandhi quote that says, um, I am not who I, I am not who I think I am, I am who you think I am. And I think that's really important to think about because so much of how we exist is very much mediated by what the external says. So for him to like have that understanding that he is kind of like giving a performance not only 
like Gotham really conceived of that in interpersonal interactions and, and really at the more granular, granular level. But Little Nas X is doing this on a much grander public stage in which he's really kind of like pre presenting himself in one way to kind of bring in the attention, bring the audience in, and then be like, not gotcha, but like, this is who I really am. Mm. And I think, I think that's so interesting because we've seen that with Beyonce in terms of people being critical of the, her now like more contemporary ide identity of wanting to be talking about like social issues and talking about social justice and incorporating that into her music. Some people have criticism that she should have been doing that from the, the whole time. But then also if you think about it, would she, could she have been Beyonce had she done that from the same time? Because you have examples of people like India Aubrey and other folks who are on very conscious music ahead of their time when no one was really paying attention to that. And now it's kind of like a brand to, to some extent, which is kind of disgusting to me. But I, I think it's important to understand like the ways and the liminalities of blackness, but the, the liminalities of blackness in intersection. So there's already mm -hmm. an understanding of like how blackness is limited by virtue of being black, but the, the, mo the most normative, like socially acceptable form of that is like the black man, I would argue, and the cis um, straight black man. So once you get into black women, like there's that, that, that double kind of process in the Sajanar, but then we also have like black and gay. Like there's a, there's a very different history of homophobia, but then also blackness, but black homophobia and how that manifests. So I think it's just really important to think about that. But do you think he could have been Little Nas and we would be talking about him? We'd, we'd be talking about Montero, the way that people have been talking about it over the past like 48 hours since he's dropped. Do you mm -hmm. think that he would um, be as, as big had he just come in from jump as Montero? I, I would say no, no okay. and it's not even a knock to him. I think it's a knock to society that he has to do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That, like, black people and black people have to play it safe, especially mm -hmm. sometimes in the industry. Like, especially coming up, they have to have more calculated moves. Mm -hmm. I, I just remember growing up, my mom's like, you have to work twice as hard, and yeah. that's just how, how black people are, how mm -hmm. people, people are operated. And I think Nas is someone who networked amazing, had a good, strong team with him, and really capitalized on that mm -hmm. in that moment. And I really am happy that, because he didn't have to also. He, he didn't. He did he really not did. have to do this. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think also people really need to give him credit also, because mm -hmm. I'm like, he did not have to do this. And I think this is great because it's controversial, but it's also making people talk it making is making people have serious conversations and yeah. i really appreciate him for that because especially within the black community like mm. being gay is so uh taboo and yes. with all the well let's also as a caveat not so, to cut you yeah. off i do think it's important because i think there's an, this misnomer that black people are especially homophobic yeah and i don't think that that's fair because okay. i think all of society is homophobic True. and i think it just may maybe manifest in a different way but to mm -hmm. to act as though there's an over representation of homophobia yeah. in blackness but, but, is not fair but i'm no 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 but i'm saying it and i don't think you're saying that of yeah, course yeah, yeah, i don't think course, you're saying yeah. that i just want to make sure that right. the whole world recognizes mm -hmm. that because i feel like i hear that a lot and i hear even black folks saying that and i hear some black queer people saying yeah. that and i feel like we have to hold everyone accountable exactly. but it's not it's not right to like make that a whole cultural mm -hmm. aspect when it's really rooted in a very particular history exactly. that can be applicable across the board. Yeah. But anyway, back to what you were saying. Uh, yeah, I was saying um, I just I uh, appreciate what appreciate, he's doing. Yeah, appreciate yeah. what he's doing and appreciate the conversations that he's having. Mm -hmm. So, what's next then for him? Like, yeah, what's next for him because. I mean, I think I think before we jump into what's mm -hmm. next, I think yeah. we should kind of like maybe go back because you brought yeah. you brought this up to me. Yeah. The whole idea of uh, 
when 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 folks were watching him at the BET Awards, mm -hmm. which I thought was crazy that he performed there. Like that's very that's very interesting. Um, oh, yes. And I would say that the fact that he kissed someone on stage oh, yeah. was a big thing. But you but the thing you brought up to me is that mm -hmm. Adam Lambert, who was a white man in the like the crossover between the late two thousands and the two, the twenty tens, he was up, kind of like up an American Idol. Yes, he's like coming up mm -hmm. doing his thing and. The yeah, same. He did the same thing. He did, he did the he same kissed somebody. thing. He kissed someone. And yeah. He had to go on national television and apologize, apologize to Christian parents and all these things. Apologize. Yeah. Apologize. And I, what I think is so funny and so comedic about yeah. how no, like have, apologize. That is what I said. Yes. Yes. This comedic how things played out for Nas is like he did that and also the whole blood scandal with his yes. shoes and things like that. Yes. But he uses it in this great comedic way where yeah. he's like also trolling everyone too. And exactly. And I I it's like I don't know, I guess there's a crazy fly in here guys and like swatting the way like what what it's what, not what, even what? a fly, it's barely an ad. Anyway. It but, is the two atoms. Anyway. Atoms. I think it's like he's like satire in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, he's complete satire. But this is what I was thinking about, just to bring in like another perspective yeah. of another sociology. Because mm -hmm. I feel like this is a very sociological undertaking. But mm -hmm. um, Howard Becker has this this um, this book that he wrote in, wrote in the late um, '60s, and he's a sociologist, um, and he's basically talking about uh, deviance as being like this like the because what he was he was trying to do this on the on the basis of crime to like think about how we conceptualize crime and why crime matters and why like folks break the law but really what are the ways that we conceive of crime and who is considered to be a criminal mm. and folks who are considered to be criminal in his argument were folks who were deviants so whatever the status quo was anyone that subverted that by nature of being not what the norm was you were somehow deviant in some way um, and he talks about he talks about that at length about folks who were considered criminals but um, who trespassed the law but he's also talking about queer folks and folks of color and women like the ways and or even if you're like divorced like the fact that you subverted whatever that norm is you are there therefore codified in some capacity mm -hmm. legally in one way but also socially as a deviant so i think what's interesting about little nas x is that he uses a deviant to his to his like effect to kind of have to put into your face and to make you question and really pinpoint exactly what it is that you're upset about because like when you see him kiss somebody on stage and people like get into the semantics of why they're upset, you realize that, you realize that it's really just because he's kissing a man. Yeah. Like that's exactly it. Because we've, we've gotten to a point that sexualization is like very much a norm with music and we see people do it all the time. But you're only upset now. And especially when that lady made Adam Lambert apologize in 2009, she, she said to your, to your child fans, to your kid fans, as though this idea that queer people don't exist and are some mythology that don't actually interact and they themselves may not be that, but it's such a deviance that we don't even want to introduce it to children when it's just a very ontological space of being. Like you mm -hmm. just like, a, like it's just attraction. Like mm -hmm. no one gets to really choose their attraction. But I think that's what Lil Nas X is doing because he's making you really like grapple with the thing that you're actually upset about because he's not really doing anything that, that, that is that different than anyone else in the past. Elton John, Madonna, um, Lady Gaga, Nicki Minaj, like a lot of folks in Elton John also occupied a space of being queer and being white and like folks knew that about him and he got very, very successful from it. Um, and, and I think it's just interesting to think about like him really kind of leveraging the idea that he is a deviant person and he's engaging deviant activity to his to his benefit to really bask in it because like it doesn't actually exist like these are things that are are like why is it 
bad? Or why is it so controversial to represent queerness? Right? What is that really about? It's, it's, it's an uncontrollable fear that folks don't really want to talk about. And he's walking into that fear and saying that, like, this is who I am in such a bold way that you can't look away and you have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think a lot of our politics in general are right now, that things are really out in the open. And a lot of people don't like polarization. I'm not advocating for it. But when things are polarized, it does make things more binary in a way for you to have to make a choice. And something like racism, something like sexism, something like homophobia, in 2021, you're either for it or against it. And mm. it's just that clear. And he's made it so clear even for people that also are oppressed themselves to really make a decision and look mm. in the mirror and be like, what am I really not mad about? Yeah. yeah, so that's like that, That's where I'm really interested in. And, and I guess my question for you too, especially thinking about um, this idea of deviance is where do you think Little Nas got his inspiration from? Like, I feel like you know more about him than I do. Yeah. But is like, does he re does he recognize this as being an aspect of his character? Is this like a personification? Is this an alter ego? Like, is this who he really is? Like, do you have any insight on that? Well, whenever, I mean, I've followed him for a, a minute, and from his interviews, I get the the sense that he was a person who believed in himself, like tried in himself. Mm. Like I really appreciate how he how he really like quit school and just yeah. did what he wanted to do. But I, I think he always knew who he was because he was battling that. Cause I know mm. the I know the barbs. I see them on Twitter. I see the barbs on Twitter. You guys are the funniest people ever. And you guys were like, no, like this dude is a whole barb. Like like he's out here <laughs> singing country music, but like I don't know. Like he's a and, and like and this is and before he dropped his music. No, this is Old Town Road. He's okay. coming up. He's popular yeah. as anything. And the boss like, yo, we've been know him. He's not even old, little Nas. He's like a whole nother screen name. I forget his screen name, mm -hmm. but he had a whole nother screen name. Wow. And it just talks about like, I don't know. I don't even know if it's Dr. Jekyll and, and Mr. Hyde, Hyde kind yeah. of thing, or is it just like he wasn't ready just to open up, like, I, he wasn't ready to show Mr. Like, Mr. Exactly. Hyde, you know what I mean? I wasn't ready to show that part of himself because mm -hmm. he knew, like, of the scrutiny of probably what it had associated with it. Yeah. So he was, like, personifying just one per part of his personality until he felt, well, he felt safe enough to be like, what am I tripping about? I got number one, da, da, da. Yeah. I, I can just reveal this because this is who I am and I, I kind of feel like he was like stepping into himself honestly because yeah. he even said that like uh, even with his his Met Gala costume with mm -hmm. like that three piece thing he mm -hmm. was talking about his coming coming in royal and then just derobing and just taking that off and now he feels like like mm. like and, That's and, and it's it's also it's like I think it's metaphorical in the way that the garment was how how tight it was on him it's like mm. skin almost because it's just him you know what yeah. i'm saying and yeah. he's like glitter and glowing and mm -hmm. stuff and you're like yeah and yeah so i, I that's what I, I that's what the gist of what i get to him but also i want to highlight the fact also how how hip-hop has reacted to it with okay comments like from boosie yeah. always in his business and, <laughs> and guys like T.I. and things like that. I think we need a, a, to talk about that that hatred and like mm -hmm. where does that come from and mm -hmm. just why are these men so focused on him? I feel like what do you feel as though 
the hint comes from? Is it the fact that he's also winning doing this? I think to, I, I don't know <laughs> if it's that, but I do know that mm-hmm. I think there's a very particular kind of typology of, of, of this idea of identity and in-group, out-group that really is the idea of something being so fringe or subversive in a way that the mm-hmm. isolation I think of the politics at some point of don't ask, don't tell was like a passive acceptance of queerness. And it was okay. kind of like, do it, just do it in private. Mm-hmm. And there were spaces where people could genuinely be themselves, but it was always behind closed, closed doors. doors yeah. So this very, and, and I think that is like the, the, the constriction and the kind of dilemma, I think at times of how people navigate the, pol- the politicization of queerness is that it is something that's extremely personal. Like it's mm. like who you are attracted to yeah. and who you choose to engage in a very private act with. And I think for folks who are queer and don't make that a part of their political life, which I think a lot of people do criticize queer folks that are not like doing or saying something, just like they criticize black folks or Latinx folks mm-hmm. or other brown folks for saying things, um, which I think is maybe a little different. But for queer folks, is if this is like this is who I love. Mm-hmm. So to have to like move in what I'm attracted to into the public sphere is really kind of like bringing a camera into your bedroom mm-hmm. and really putting like that idea of Gotham in a, the presentation of yourself is that you're on stage in your bedroom in the most private place that you should never have to be on stage in, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. And and I think that's why it's really kind of complex and, and I and you can really see people straddling the spectrum of no we need to have pride parades everywhere and we're so glad that Amazon is making all this 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 merchandise and it's this commodification of something that was extremely painful for people, which comes from the Stonewall yeah. uh, riots. But I think you also have to understand that only for things to get better to be more acceptable, you do kind of have to engage in these public acts. So I do just want to applaud again, you applauding him for making this choice to do that because mm-hmm. he didn't have to do it. Yeah. But I think the, the, the scary thing and I think the fear is that, that he's doing it so publicly, but then that, the, the fear operates to, um, to, to kind of like make the idea of something more acceptable. And I think that the, a lot of the straight black men that are in hip hop very much see this as being a very hyper-masculine space. And I think there's this idea, which is what I was going to, which is what I was saying in the beginning, of this idea that you hear a lot of like, what we would code as being hoteps, yeah. being like there's a gay agenda against a black man, yeah. and they're trying to effeminate black men. And we really need to have a conversation I think for folks like T.I. who want to claim themselves to be so woke mm-hmm. and like talk about anti-racism and talk how black people are treated, that gender is a colonial construct. Gender is another aspect of white supremacy in the same way that race is. It doesn't mm. manifest in the same way. But just like they took people to other lands and colonized other lands, they, did, they ordered people in, in proximity to whiteness or their idea of what it meant to be a man, what, it, what their idea of what it meant to be a woman, their idea of what class meant, they've done that across the board. So there's this hierarchy of masculinities that we can see across, the, across all of post-colonial nations where there is like this very toxic idea and visage of what a man is, and it's extremely Western. Yeah. Like it's not the actual way that a lot of indigenous people, and everyone was indigenous prior to this colonization, mm-hmm. um, the way that they conceive that. Like you see different kinds of ways of, of epistemologies of how people understand their connection between their sexual organ and how they manifest themselves and the roles they play in society. 
So I think more black people need to recognize that. And I think that if you're gonna really be doing the work of trying to be anti-racist, then you also have to be like anti-sexist and you have to also be like decolonial in the way mm. that you think about it. But I think it's just fear. I think it's fear that the like the idea of of their power is being taken away from them. And and people don't often talk about that a lot of folks who have never had power want to just have power. Like they're not really about sharing the stage. They're like, I didn't have power, now it's my time. So like now Little Nas is saying, you need to make a seat for me at the table. And they're like, I just got this table and I'm gonna keep this table. And you gotta find somewhere else to sit. Facts. That's, wow. And I don't think they wanna give it up. So that's, that's my personal opinion about it. But what do you think about it? Why do you think they're scared? Wow, that is that is just something to really just drop the mic and walk out the room with because that is crazy because that is so true. I that's I think that is the biggest issue. This power struggle because hip hop is just now like the number one genre and like black people are being mm-hmm. seen in this new light and mm-hmm. and black men, especially cishet black men, like they can, they can like future Drake and mm-hmm. them can just ah, 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 ah. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh no, we have to include different archetypes of us. And I think that's the problem. Like, there could be more than one? There could be, there, there could be another type of black person that's that that doesn't view everything the way i i feel like that is the biggest problem issue Mm -hmm. and it was the same thing for women too it was women first nikki little kim Mm -hmm. megan doja like a lot of male rappers haven't really validated them haven't haven't worked with them Mm -hmm. and that's what i think is interesting and that would that's even my question for you because i feel like we kind of talked about this do you think a black male rapper would have collaborated with Little Nas like Jack Harlow. Exactly. I don't think people really think the gravity of that like that performance, like mm-hmm. History Baby. Like mm-hmm. that like that music video was already a lot. A lot. It was controversial. For was so just, many reasons. For so many it's reasons. Filmed in a prison. Yes. Hashtag we are prison albums. Yes. But what happened in the prison too and him being cool enough to be like like this is this is just my boy like i was just filming another thing like i don't know if another if i could see a male rapper doing the same thing Mm. and like yo he had um the the girl security guy twerking on him he's like this is what i like this is what my boy likes and that's cool like and i'm still we're both here getting money together yes that's crazy. And we can and, be friends. And we can be friends. Also, I want to just plug in right now. Shout out to Nas. If you are plotting for Doja Cat and Jack Harlow to get together, <laughs> because you put her on the album and you put him on the album, and I really just want to see Doja twerking on Jack. That's all I want for my boy. I want them together <laughs> so bad. I just want to plug that in there. I know this has yes, nothing to do with the podcast. Very often. This has nothing to do with the podcast, often. but I love like I just love I just want to pair them together. Jack's just dope. Rose is just cool. And she I is. Could, I could just really see it working. But yeah. anyways, that's my that's my two cents. So Jack, Jack, you need to she, she retired over man. 
Like, come on. Like, what are you doing? Like, you guys are so fucking... They really, anyways, they really, really but besides the point, let's yeah. reel that back in. Yeah. Uh, I don't think uh, a black man could do that. Like, yeah. And it's really sad to say that, but like... Yes, I'm, because I'm even if we look at just, the, just what the baby said and like mm-hmm. that whole controversy, exactly. like that is such the antithesis of everything that Lil Nas X is trying to represent. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because of the response to it. And you didn't hear a lot of other rappers like condemning him or saying mm-hmm. something mad exactly. about him. Or like, being like, you shouldn't be like, like that. Like, bro, you shouldn't say that. Exactly. And I feel like uh, that's so interesting because if roles were reversed for other demographics of people that said similar things to that about black about people, black people, it would be a totally different conversation. Twitter would be in arms. Yes. And and that's why I think that a lot of the politics of today has to go deeper than identity mm. at least the way that we've like previously conceived of it to really see like where do you hold power and what specific like spatial power um identity dynamics yeah. do you rise to now be a part of that hierarchy mm. and what are you doing in that place to really dismantle that to make sure that it is really like a communal space mm. because all that the um all that the the baby was doing was really just like making it more isolationist and people have theories as to why he did that Mm -hmm. because i i don't understand why are you so concerned about like i'm not i'm not one of those people that just want to like passively tolerate anything Mm -hmm. but why are you so concerned about what other people are doing like i don't like i couldn't imagine as a straight man being concerned about people saying anything or doing anything that related to being gay like i can i could never imagine that because i'm not doing it and i know it's not true so why do you feel the need to use your platform in that way I just, what makes me chuckle is the fact that, like, you, like, you did all this during your own set, like, thank you, like, you're supposed to be our rolling out, giving money for yourself, yes. your family, yes. your baby mama, so, yes. like, but you're supposed to be getting money for, like, for yourself, man, and he's out here talking about, like, another man trying to get money and feed his family as well, like, yeah. I just don't, I just, that's just really the disconnect for me, like, yeah. I'm just like, what is the point of this hate? Like, that's also what I really don't understand. Like, I don't know why, if you don't have anything nice to say, like, why do people want to say things? Like, what's the point? Like, what is what the is point? Like, point? what is the point of having what do you that hate? Because I, that's what I really just can't understand within just the, the homophobia within the black community is just like, we've been hated on for so long and we know how it feels to be yeah. under the underdog. So I just, I just have a big disconnect of just like, why can't you have empathy for something that happened to yourself mm-hmm. already? Like you're already dealing with this. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that's the biggest disconnect, and that's also the biggest disappointment. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Thousand percent. But so bringing it back though to what to, the, to the, really main, the the question. Yeah, the main had, question. Yeah. I think I think he could be Nicki Minaj. I really do. He's Nicki Minaj. I do. I do, and I and I say that to mm-hmm. mean that he is emerging. She still yeah. was emerging. Lil' Kim had really mm-hmm. happened, but like you said, she really was a blueprint. Yeah. He's a blueprint, and I feel like he's going to continue to evolve and surprise us, because he already mm-hmm. has. He's, he's yeah. already shown us that ability to transition. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just interested to see if people continue on with the fascination of it, mm-hmm. because this is another thing that I literally just thought of right now, is that 
In the same way that Lil Nas X is like so important right now, I think Lizzo was so important a little bit before. Sure. It was like this 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 idea, this visage of what blackness was mm-hmm. in a very non-traditional way and in a way that even within the black community had been subverted yeah. and really the idea that you've never seen a black woman that looked like this exactly. and like had music like this. And on, on that platform. Like yes, that, yeah. yes. And body imaging and mm-hmm. body standards are yes. also very colonial, mm-hmm. very Western concepts. Um, and it's the complete alternate in a lot of cultures where the skinnier you are, the less value you are, people mm-hmm. think something's wrong with you, they're confused, and, and that's their own kind of like way of living and existing. Um, but I just think that it's so interesting that even though Lizzo's not making music right now, I feel like there was like such a fascination and then like a, com- a complete decline. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then now there's like this pickup of Little Nas X. So I, I, I do say complete decline of Lizzo. Yeah, not complete decline. That's true, she's still doing stuff. I'm not saying uh, she's yeah, dead to, to, Yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying everyone was so excited about the magnitude yes. of the attention. and she was winning awards, and, and she was But doing also covers she was, like, extra controversial because of, like, the body imaging thing, yes. because of how the layout of how most artists are. Yes, like, you know and, and that's... Even the, Adele, too. Exactly, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's the thing that... But, I mean, not even Adele, because I would say, like, there was almost some more acceptance for Adele because mm-hmm. of by virtue of how talented she, okay. talented she was. But I was going to say that I think Liz was a hella yeah. talented. But I'm just saying just her like vocal performance okay, that, okay, that, yeah. for that niche of music. Mm-hmm. But but that's what I was going to say. And the reason I'm trying to dis- distinguish from Adele is there's such a particular policing and surveillance of black bodies in mm-hmm. general because they are considered as being fearful. They're considered as being um, not a part of that norm. We mm-hmm. were uh, we were not even non-human. We were below human mm-hmm. in like the actual like kind of um, taxonomy yeah. of, of, of citizenship, the taxonomy of what makes you a person, the metaphysical aspects of like, Thomas Jefferson said black people couldn't write poetry. Like there's like a certain level of things that we were not supposed to have attained or be able to, mm. to do. So that's why I think that once you look at like this idea of deviance and you think about the policing of bodies as Foucault was talking about this whole idea of the panopticon that like now we're regulating ourselves. Yeah. So we don't even have to be directly policed in the way that we are. Like we're still being policed physically on the streets in, in, in public, but now we're policing the way that we want to like determine who we are as black people. And other black people are pointing fingers without white people having to even do it. I don't even mm. know if white people really care about little nonsense as much as black people seem to care about him. Mm. And I think that's really weird. I think that's very strange. Like, yeah. why are we policing each other more than, than, the, than the external state that created these even ideas or the ways in which we could police one another? Why, like, why are we doing that? And wow. it really makes me scared to think about these intersections of black and queer, black, female, and like um, a, a more curvy body or not yeah. super skinny. The, the way that people are always trying to say that Lizzo was being too sexual when she yeah. wore that at the, um, at the Lakers game. Mm-hmm. And we've seen people with their titties out. Exactly. Like literally, you're, you're on the red carpet yeah. with your titty out. Yeah. But a bigger girl does it and now it's unacceptable. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, or like a man does it yeah. and he's doing it for the lust and the attention mm-hmm. of another man and it's controversial. This is the last thing I want to ask you too, and why why I'm thinking of Nicki Minaj is because we've talked about this. Some of the people that we really like musically, who are also black and queer, yeah. but have not chosen this route, mm-hmm. kind of do a lot to evade kind of that understanding mm-hmm. of themselves mm-hmm. and really be implicit about the the who of their music, the you in their music, mm-hmm. the the subject matter of that person, um, which is super personal, as I was talking about before. But what do you think of the kind of the the distinctions of a little Nas X in hip hop and a Tyler Creator in hip hop and a Frank Ocean oh. um, slash Steve Lacey mm. in the the alternative R and B alternative, alternative, alternative yeah, yeah. hip hop kind of exactly. category? How do you rate that and and how do they fit into this distinction of Little Kim and Nicki Minaj? Well, 
like you said, it's a very personal, personal business, mm-hmm. and people can choose their way and their form of how they want to live their life. And I respect all of these men. They've definitely carved out things. And when Frank told, when Frank wrote that letter on Tumblr that and saying that he's gay, that was really not gay. He was he's bisexual. Um, excuse me. But he said that there'd be no biracial. Yeah, there was no This is bi-awareness. Bi-awareness. Anyways, um, what was I say? Oh, when Frank came out with that letter saying Mm -hmm. he's bisexual and that that um thinking about you is actually about a man, that was crazy. The the backlash Mm -hmm. and people in the black community Mm -hmm. like, and like you, you can't even really tell. I mean, Forrest Gump, you can tell that he's talking about a man, but. But thinking about you isn't so. For them to, I I well they all manifest their queerness in different ways. Tyler mm-hmm. manifests it with like jokes and yes. like, playing with things, and, and he makes and, people terribly uncomfortable. Yeah, he makes people terribly. But it's very personal. Yes, yes. It's like it like direct interaction. Exactly, Because <laughs> exactly. he says some wild stuff. Yes, yes. and I love that because I'm, he's just making yeah. it. He's like he's, he's like it fun. Yes, he's, mm-hmm. it's fun, but he's it's also back to the idea that like you have like you are comfortable and dominant in your normative understanding and what i'm saying is no different than what you say about somebody else exactly but yet now you're upset because you have to feel exactly because yeah mm-hmm. like imagine how all the women that you cat called and you berated and harassed exactly. about life imagine how now how they feel yeah that's funny yeah that's funny it's true um but do i feel like they're making noises i i do Okay. <laughs> I, I I would say they are a little Nicki Minaj's because they're manifesting in their own way. Mm-hmm. Would like me personally like want to see a better representation from them? Yes, mm-hmm. I like, but I that also all of them. I think it's also very interesting to see a black man love another black man. I feel like that's a whole another thing with for a whole another podcast. Yes, but. Yes, I, I think it's really interesting that whole entire group point. love like like white white men and bigs up white men. So I think it's also big for Little Nas to be coming out here and promoting like black men like black like gay love. Like I think that's like and why is not and why is that not considered black love? Thing. Huh? And why is that not considered black love? What? Black gay men. Loving each other. Oh, Why is yeah. that not considered black love? Mm-hmm. We're always talking about black love. True. We see black love on <laughs> OWN with Oprah. <laughs> we, and it's we only knew. straight people. We, like, there's no lesbians <laughs> that are black. There's no gay people that are black. There's no non-binary people. There's no polyamorous people that are black. It's it's crazy because we, we do police each other. From from the, the old material that we're known for, it's... All, I'm trying to snap in the mind. It's all in the segregation of a single story, and that that really brings us back to our last week's podcast. This is just, just yeah. check that out. Check that out. Check that out. But yeah. a single story can really hurt and damage like people, and give a rep and not not representing other people like can really be like painful in like the yes. process of growing up because you don't have that type of idol that's you. Mm-hmm. So. It's crazy how you say when you talk about policing because yeah. even in Tyler Perry things, it's very cut dry. Yeah, single story. Same thing. Christian ha- values. Yeah. Someone then, who's a prostitute. Someone who's, yeah, like someone so, who's on drugs. Exactly. So. The dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's and it's just like you said. It's it's it, it is kind of like creating this one idea, but it's like we're still caught in the idea mm-hmm. that there can only be one of us. 
Yeah. And that's like such a dangerous because we're putting limits on our own imaginations mm-hmm. of what our people can be and how we can manifest ourselves and how mm-hmm. we can look. And when you really think of like the fundamental contributions to black culture that are publicly understood and accepted today for black people and non-black people mm-hmm. were largely driven by black women, by trans black folks, and by queer black folks. Mm-hmm. Like those those demographics of people have been the major leaders for the continuation and the sustainability and the evolution of what blackness is. Mm-hmm. It always exists somewhere in the fringe and then somehow it's like co-opted by all of society, but by other like certain black folks that are considering themselves to be the leaders, the vanguards, mm. the gatekeepers of what this very specific blackness can look like. And at the end of the day, it's blackness that looks like whiteness. Mm-hmm. It's black people trying to perform, just like this dramaturgical analysis, mm. to perform in their everyday life whiteness, because that's a kind of a security and that's the only way that we've been able to see life performed. But my thing is that if you're already understanding, as Toni Morrison has said, like I've, I, I, like she's, she's, she spoke in this interview that she was talking about, I always, my dad always knew that he was better than that racist white person. Mm-hmm. I always knew that I was smart, even though the society wasn't telling me. Um, she, she even says about Ralph Ellison's The Invisible Man, she said, invisible to who? Like, who are you writing to? There's mm. nothing invisible about us. We know who we are. And all her books were always about insular black experiences. So my question is, like, since we already, like, if we know that we have all of the ability to be people, we know that we're persons at, like, basis, then why are we not allowing ourselves to be that? Like, what is the mental prison of, 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 of policing our own imagination that we can't get to the point to really see this expansive narrative of what blackness can be? Mm-hmm. And even in, like, like, there were so many criticisms of Wakanda and Black Panther because that is the most capitalistic visage of what a black utopia looks like, mm-hmm. that it's black people that got successful, they managed to get to a certain point, and they're extremely, um, um, they're not collective at all. They're very restricted, they're very much, um, um, like isolationist in the way that they approach things and they're not sharing with anyone which was the whole conflict of the story was that you have all these resources but you're not doing anything with mm-hmm. it and as by the end of the story at the sacrifice of a African-American life mm. um, we see that uh, the world becomes a better place yes. and now we're sharing those resources yeah. and we're investing into community mm-hmm. and, it's just, and it's just so interesting how black people just want to be white and they're finding ways to be white and like so many people often make this criticism of black men that like black men are trying to be like white men black women are trying to be like um white women and it's like but like really which which is most of what the civil rights movement was was really to try to get us to citizenship no one really asked do we want to be a part of this country Mm. no one really said do i like is this the kind of like do i want citizenship is this something that i want to participate in and i feel like that's the kind of way that we need to be thinking now which is really kind of like expanding our mindsets and being very intentional about the ways that we want to represent ourselves but no one's really doing that and not really having those conversations because mm-hmm. we're just like let's get a bag let's get some money yes. let's look a certain way mm-hmm. and then our problems will magically black disappear. capitalism black capitalism and it's not different just because they're darker it's not different tax the rich and i will end it on that shout out to aoc but shout out to aurora yes. shout out to aurora i'm scared oh this was great uh i'm feeling wrong <laughs> Shout out to Lil Nas X. Yes, keep Thank doing you. what you're doing. Yes, keep doing it for all um, This is Conscious Negro, podcast number two. Signing off. Peace. <laughs>